Hello, and welcome to another edition of Forrester's CX Cast. Each week, we speak with an analyst from the customer experience team about their research or discuss a customer experience topic in the news. Along with my co host, analyst Diana Lawfer, my name is Sam Stern. You will hear both of our voices each week. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Forrester's CX Cast. This is Sam Stern, your co-host, joined, as always, by my co-host, Diana Laufer. Hi, everyone. And in studio this week, we are joined by Victor Milligan, the CMO here at Forrester, and Roxy Stominger, who is the Vice President of Forrester's CX Index. Thank you both for joining. And this week, we are going to talk with Victor and Roxy about emotion, emotion in customer experiences, how you measure it, is it real? What are we feeling and thinking and doing right now? The first question I think we had for you is, emotion is a hot topic. It's something that not just Forrester, but a lot of companies, organizations are writing about, thinking about, talking about. Is this something that in a few years' time we'll look back on and wonder, wow, that was funny when we were all talking about emotion, or is this real? Is this more something that you should ground in your company's, how your company operates? No, I think it's real. I think it's something that finally companies have realized that while it's been that squishy topic that everybody has said, oh, it's sort of in the background, let's really focus on things like effectiveness. Are we meeting the needs of our customers and ease? Are we making it easy to meet those needs? I think finally they've realized emotion has this ability to influence loyalty in a quite sort Mm. of an amplification manner. And we've seen that even with the data. We've seen that taking into account the role that meeting a customer's needs, making it easy to meet those needs, yes, does influence their loyalty. Emotion influences it even more. And you see this sort of massive amplification effect for right emotions being elicited in interaction, but also a very detrimental weakening effect. And I think companies have finally realized this is something that's there. This is something we have to pay attention to and really um, leverage in their initiatives to improve CX. Hmm. And if you kind of go backwards from the PL, which is humans make most of their decisions about spending or affinity based upon an emotional state. Yeah. And so there is a d- direct line between emotions and decisions a customer makes and PL. And back to Roxy's point, you see it very much in a lot of the increase in revenue churn, the decision to spend the next dollar with the same firm or a different firm is often triggered by what emotions they evoked. So I think what, at least the way I, I experience is that emotion has always been seen as important. It's just, it's hard to measure. Yeah. And I think now we're, the science is coming to bear, the tools are coming to bear to make it achievable so that the relationship between the human being and the PL can be much more scientific and much more predictable. You might argue that, I mean, maybe I'll argue that. Um, (laughs) Humans have always been emotional, right? Mm -hmm. We know this characteristic of being human. So how is the impact of emotion different today than it has been in the past? I don't think it's different in terms of its impact. I think what's different is finally people are paying attention to it. So obviously in the academic world, we have at least 40 to 50 years of hmm. lots of great research understanding the role of emotion at you know the valence level. Is it a positive affect? Is it a negative affect? They start getting into specific emotion, how that influences decisions. All of that literature has been around 
for quite some time. Mm-hmm. It just has stayed within the, you know, the Ivy Towers. What? That's surprising <laughs> that it didn't make it out of academic world. I know. Yeah. <laughs> People can't just grasp yeah. academic research. I know. Research. Who would have thought? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it's finally made it into, you know, people are putting it into the business mm. context. Mm-hmm. I think now with the technology that we have, with how we collect customer feedback, mm-hmm. the richness that we're getting, the fact that now tools to understand the role of emotion are now more scalable. Mm-hmm. So you have mm. things like, for example, with uh, what Affectiva has done, where you can in real time diagnose the facial action movements that are linked to different types of emotions and that's now scalable before just doing 10 seconds of a video record would take two hours to code Mm -hmm. and now you can do that in real time so i think it's sort of this confluence of we have technology we have techniques that are available that are scalable for businesses to do Mm -hmm. not kept in the classic academic study context and now people realize this is something we have to pay attention to We've also paid so much attention to all the other table stake stuff. There's other things that we now have to address, and emotion is that topic. So not to disagree with you, but to add to what you just said. (laughs) Yes, and. Yes, and, right. So Forrester has done some work in the empowered customer, and Mm -hmm. in it there are five segments named off, and the two ones that are most progressive, these are the folks that have the, the ability and inclination to switch spend, to move spend based upon a poor experience, an emotional response, or simply to experiment. In 2015, in the U.S., the two of the, the most progressive segments, progressive pioneers and savvy seekers, represented 39% of the surveyed base. In 2016, that represented 46%, or 7-point wow. increase. You go to 2017 and 18, it's going to cross over the 50% line. It's going to be the majority behavior. Mm-hmm. And what that behavior is, is it's increasingly emotion is triggering the ability to switch easily. As switching costs to go from one provider to another entry cost to acquire a new provider, or exit cost simply to leave, continue to decline, you're seeing a consumer base that is much more mobile, not in the, the, the sense of moving very rapidly. To your point, emotion has been a longstanding trigger. It's just that the trigger is so much more powerful right yeah. now. Yeah. Listeners, episode 77 of CXCast, we talked with Anjali Lai about the rise of the empowered mm-hmm. customer, which is what Victor was just referencing, if you're interested and want to go back and listen to that episode. So you're highlighting the fact that we can now measure this Mm -hmm. in a way that's uh, scalable and not an overwhelming production to do. Consumers are able to act on their emotions in a way that's really threatening to brands, to Mm -hmm. companies. So, all right, I can see the big case for movement here by companies. How well are they addressing emotion today? You have some that have embraced it quite well. Mm -hmm. You have them now um, doing a lot of upfront research to sort of understand what are the common emotions that their customers are experiencing during different types of interactions, during different phases of the customer lifecycle, and then embedding them into their solicited customer feedback surveys, but also having a taxonomy built to analyze unsolicited feedback as well, because now text Mm. analytics tools have gotten sophisticated in those lines. So you're seeing several companies do very well there. Typically, the financial services sector is usually ahead of the curve when it comes to this type of stuff. There are other areas, retailers, some travel companies, especially airlines, are sort of addressing this. It's still early days, But I think in the next three to five years, you're going to see it become more of a standard set of metrics that are embedded into their arsenal of tracking factors that they want to look at to be able to diagnose, 
are they at the right level of CX delivery or do they need to do some refinement as needed? Yeah, and you gave an answer in, in one of our discussions uh, a couple of days ago, Roxy, that talked about triangulation. And I think mm. it's important from the standpoint of maybe the CMOs out there or people in the CX world, which is much of the customer intelligence was organized around customer satisfaction for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And then it broadened itself to include things like NPS and the tool that we bring to market called the CX Index, which goes further to look at you know the experiences to include emotion. And you're seeing this necessary expansion into how I perceive and anticipate my customers. Because all of that view, the entire view is important to put in place those experiences that trigger the kinds of emotions and more to the point, the kind of actions that the company wants. So for the listeners out there, it's really important to look at your customer intelligence suite to ensure that you're not looking at one dimension, but many dimensions that when brought together give you a pretty full view of customers and allows you to move from sort of I get them to now I can anticipate them and design the kinds of experiences that trigger the responses I'm looking for, the kind of spend behavior and affinity behavior that I'm hoping for. We've been talking a lot about emotion. I want to dig into one specific aspect of it, which is measuring emotion, because I know we've been doing a lot of research. I know you have Roxy behind that. Can you talk a little bit about what you've been finding and what the current thinking is around measuring emotion? Yeah, so the way to think about emotion at a general level is there's sort of two layers. There's valence, so positive emotions, negative emotions, and then you get down to the nitty-gritty, the specific emotions or feeling states. And it's critical to look at both of those dimensions. Just knowing do they feel good or do they feel bad, it's informative, but that's a 30,000-foot view. Mm-hmm. There, you know, very much in terms of survey design, so solicited feedback is, you know, asking that simple question, you know, on a scale, how did you feel with the higher numbers being more correlated towards positive experiences, lower numbers being correlated towards negative experiences. It's getting then to the specific emotion and feeling states, asking them and having a list, having it aided, because, again, we're having people reflect There is um, a factor you have to take into account that people are sort of cognitively rationalizing how they felt during the interaction. But having sort of a battery of statements of different emotion, feeling states, anger, fear, confidence, sadness, annoyance, all of those elements that are common emotions you would see in an interaction. Having that there and, and having them identify which of those emotional feeling states were elicited, that they felt during that interaction using that data and then correlating it, understanding its relationship towards KPIs like loyalty. That's how you start to understand, well, which of those emotions are the amplifying emotions towards loyalty and which are the ones that are weakening. And we see it's not just simply make your customers be happy Mm -hmm. and don't make them angry. We actually find that there are other emotion states like the role of confidence, That's something that's actually quite critical in the financial services sector. Mm -hmm. That's an emotion that you want your customers to feel when they're making these financial decisions. And it's not about, oh, just make them happy. It's about making them confident, making them feel appreciated and valued and respected, as opposed to being annoyed or frustrated or disappointed in maybe their financial service advisor not giving them the information that they need or helping them through a decision that impacts their life. So that's the type of information one needs. There's a lot of good information in there, Roxy. Yeah. And what stands out to me, and, and just wanted to underline one of the things you were saying, is the idea that it's not just this continuum from really positive emotion yeah. to really negative emotion, but there's all this sort of nuance in there that feeling confident or valued or appreciated 
are good emotions but are not the same as happy. I'm, right. you know, I'm not just happy with this experience. It made me feel confident. It's very different from me feeling happy about it. And I think that's really an interesting insight. Well, thank you both for joining us. We appreciate it. Listeners, we've created a few links in the podcast description, which you can follow. Victor, Roxy, this was great. Maybe we should have you back on another episode again, talk some more about emotions and how you measure them. Thank you both for joining us today, though. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's CX Cast. We'll post links to the reports we mentioned in the show notes for this podcast. And if you have questions or suggestions, please contact me at sstern at forrester.com. And remember, your customer's perception is your CX reality. Oh.